Get us going. Hey, I want to, let's have a look at Genesis chapter 35, 11 and 12. Uh, just a quick recap for us. This is a scripture that I felt God gave to us uh, as a church, as a promise for the new era that we're entering into. We had a prophet come and visit us about a couple of months ago. His name's David McCracken. He waited on God for three or four days about our church. He didn't know anything about our church, but he waited on God. And he came and brought a message and he said, God tells me that your church is entering into a new era. Not just a new season, not a new chapter, but a new era. Uh, and so we're moving from the first, uh, our church has probably had two eras to date. The, the first era would have been under our first senior pastors, the founders, that then the next would be the last, uh, however long it's been since we've been pastors since 2000. So what's that, 18 years? And so now we're entering a third era in the life of our church. He talked about a new mantle for it. Uh, he talked about um, national and global influence. He talked about taking new gr- physical land, a new building, all sorts of things. And so this is, this is the scripture I believe the Lord's given to me for us uh, for this new era. Then God said, I am El Shaddai. God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, church. We will become a great nation, even many nations, and kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. And there are six aspects of that scripture and and the verse before that I believe God's got for us of what this new era looks like. And here they are. Number one is greater levels of the miraculous in our church. Uh, That's God Almighty El Shaddai. Uh, Be fruitful is unprecedented numbers of people getting saved in our church, more than we've ever seen before. Uh, Number three is significant growth of our church and multiplication across 10, at least 10 different locations, both on the Sunshine Coast and nationally. Number four, is the emergence of influencers and entrepreneurs who will have local, national, and global impact. I was just praying for an influencer right there in Dr. K. Number five is our miracle land, the selling of Rainforest Drive for $5 million, the purchase of Power Road for $8 million, and the building of of facilities, uh, $10 million facilities debt-free. And everybody said... Okay, and everybody said, all right. And then, then as part of this new era, because this is when God spoke to, Ab- uh, to Jacob and he changed his name to Israel because he was going to become a great nation. As part of this, uh, I know what's going to happen in this next six months or so is we're going to change our name as a church. Uh, and so we're going to be moving from Kiwana Waters to Power Road, which is not in Kiwana Waters. So that would be weird to be called Kiwana, C3 Kiwana Waters if we weren't there. Plus, we need a church that if you walk into Kabucha, you don't, you don't want to say, welcome to C3 Kiwana Waters Kabucha Campus. You want to say C3 Kiwana Waters, uh, C3 theme name, theme name, and then Kabucha. And I actually don't know what it is yet, we, and we're waiting on God for it. I'm just letting you know that that's where we're going, a new era. Now, part of the new era this year, really, and, and July for me is the vision month for a new era. Okay, that's really what I found that this month has ended up being. February was the vision month for the year. And so at the beginning of the year, we began to talk about this year being uh, our biggest year ever. 
We talked about this being believing God that we would see more people saved, that we'd see more groups, all sorts of different things. And can I just, just let me tell you how awesome it is. In the first six months, we've seen more people saved than we ever have in the first six months of the year. We've got more groups than we've ever had in the life of our church. We've seen more baptisms uh, in the first six months than we've ever had uh, in the year. We've seen more salvations in the first six months than we ever have in the six months of the year. And our vision builders, guys sensational. You guys are amazing. Our vision builders uh, pledges $662,000, which is the greatest ever pledge that we've done together. So come on, give yourselves a clap. Give the Lord a clap. Biggest year ever. B-Y-E. Biggest year ever. All right. So, so in terms of this new era, what I'm, what, what the theme tonight is, and I preached about this a couple of weeks ago, it's called Giant Slayers. And it comes out of that one phrase, kings, which is not like a kings and or queens. It's like kings as a royalty. Okay, a royalty. Kings will be among your descendants. And so the, the idea of kings is, is very quickly, I talked about this this morning. I encourage you, grab the podcast. But I talked about this, that when you get born again, you get both a, a priestly uh, identity and a royal identity. You become a priest to minister to God, to minister to others, to connect others to God, that every one of us are priests, okay? Uh, so you, you can you can look at the person beside you and say, oh, nice to be sitting beside a priest tonight. Now go and do that. Just do that right now. Only like four people did that. That, that was really, really bad. Okay, okay. No, turn to the other person, your second choice, and say, nice to be sitting beside a priest tonight. Okay, good, good. That's better. We're doing good. And then the other part is that when you're born, when you're born again, you get a new identity, and it makes you a it makes you a king. Okay, a royalty. The Bible says we are a royal priesthood. Now, here's the great news. You might be here tonight and, and you, you're sort of, sort of as, we're, as we're in this place and we're worshiping, maybe you don't come to church much, maybe you haven't been to church much. Uh, here's the thing. When you invite God into your life, which is your destiny, when you invite God into your life, He comes into your heart and He doesn't just make, it's not just like, oh cool, I've got like a phone and I've got Jesus. Phone in one pocket and Jesus in the other pocket. And hopefully with those two accessories, life will get better. That's not what it's about. It's about Jesus coming inside and literally taking the old you out and putting a, your old spirit out and giving you a brand new spirit with the DNA of Jesus Christ. Now you have access. You have the mind of Christ, the Bible tells you. You have the, you have the knowledge of Christ. You have the power of Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because he lives inside of you. So it's not, a, it's not like a bad person trying to become a good person. It's a dead person becoming an alive person with Jesus on the inside. You become brand new. At the end of the service, if you've never prayed a prayer saying, God, make me brand new, tonight's your night to connect with Him and He will change you forever with one prayer and a belief in your heart. Who thinks that would be a good idea for someone here tonight? All right, that, that, that's us. That's us. So here's the thing. So if you're going to if you're gonna, um, be a king, if you're going to be royalty, that means that you've got to govern some territory. That means you've got to find a, a sphere that God's called you to as well as the church. The church is the center of it, but outside of the church, God's called you to a sphere. It might be the medical sphere. It might be the fitness industry. It might be, it might be a business sphere. It might be education. It might be family as your primary sphere there. It might be, uh, it might be a, a business area you're called to. It might, um, be arts, entertainment, sport, whatever it is. And God's called you and I to dominate the spheres of the world so that we can change the world. 
So he wants you to be a king. So this series, Giant Slayers, is really about King David and the preparation that he went through so that one day when he faced Goliath, which was really when he came into his, his kingly anointing, when he came into that new day for his life, there was this, all this preparation going on before he actually became a king. And I believe that one of my assignments as the pastor of this church is to prepare a generation of people to step into the call and destiny that God's got for you, to dominate the spheres of society, to change the world that we live in. And to do that, you've got to understand the way that God prepares you for your destiny. And that's what I want to talk about. So we talked about this two weeks ago. We talked about David and how David had to serve someone else's vision. He looked after his father's sheep. He had to serve his his father's vision in terms of preparing for his future. He had to be a problem solver. So he looked after, he looked after the sheep and when lions and bears came, uh, rather than like, oh, not my problem, I'm out of here, he literally killed them with his bare hands. That was part of his preparation. That was part of his zone, okay? And then we found that he also developed an excellent spirit. So when Saul needed a harpist, is that a thing, a harpist? Any, have, we got, have we got any harpists in the house here tonight? Yes, excellent. Thank you, Jackson. I knew you were talented. I knew it. Okay. Uh, so, so they get a harpist. and They said, we need someone who can play the harp who's excellent. They called David. We find that excellent, becoming excellent at whatever God's gifted you in, and giving yourself to it and developing yourself in that area, the Bible says if you develop excellence, it will put you before kings. All right, it will put you before kings. So we come to tonight's scripture in 1 Samuel 16, verse 21 and 23. It says this, So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Then Saul said to Jesse, which is David's dad, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was, whenever the Spirit from God, God sent a tormenting spirit on Saul because of his disobedience, a whole other story, that David would take out his harp and play it with his hand, and Saul would be refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart for him. He put on his Jordan Lou anointing, we like to call it, okay, playing the harp, playing the guitar. And so, so Saul's tormented, he's anxious, he's, he's stressed, something's stressing him out. David comes and he begins to play the harp and because the anointing of God is on David and because he's got excellence in what he does, the anointing and excellence get him in the throne room of the king and David is just doing what already got him to this current sphere, which is solving problems. Because now Saul's got a problem and David is coming and solving his problem. Saul's problem is he's tormented and David looks and he uses the gift that God's given him to solve Saul's problem. So what we've got to understand is the way that God prepares you and me for our future is he gives us gifts, he gives us abilities, and then both to be used inside the church and outside the church. And he calls us into someone else's sphere of influence. And it might be your boss, it might be your teacher, it might be, it might be someone you're working for, it might be your sporting coach, whoever it might be and he calls you into their sphere and he says I want you to be a problem solver for them I want you whatever it is that's going wrong and if you can be a problem solver and you can develop excellence in the thing that you're called to whatever it is 
Whatever, whatever that thing that comes naturally to you. It's, I'm not talking about a spiritual gift right now. I'm talking about, I'm not even talking about what's in your heart right now. It's the gift that God's given you. Some people can look at calendars. My wife's one of these. And she can, she can just memorize all these dates in the future. And she makes planning all work just amazingly. That's a gift from God. That's an ability that she's wired with. And when she gives herself to that, with our, our life just becomes perfect. It's just everything falls into place. It's, it's quite remarkable. She's, she's got this memory for all of these dates and this, this ability to, to, to plan and organize. So you've got gifts. You've got, I'm, and I'm not talking about spiritual gifts right now. I'm talking just about natural gifts. Things that, and here's the deal. When you've got a natural gift that God's put inside of you, like a talent, Usually you're like, oh, I just thought everybody could do that. I just thought everybody could harmonize. Come on, who's, who can, who's a great harmonizer here in the house? Okay, just me and Suze. This is awesome. Uh, we won't sing right now, Suze, just to show them out. No. Oh, Jacob, you're a harmonizer. Sorry, brother. I missed you there for a moment. Nice, nice. Okay, so, so there's, and you're like, we, me and Jacob, we're thinking, can't everybody harmonize? Aren't we? We're like, this is such an easy thing to do. I, I can't believe the rest of you can't harmonize like we can harmonize. It's just, it comes naturally. Some of you, some of you help people. So I, I talked to a lady this morning and she's helping people in palliative care. That means people who are dying and she goes in and she cares for them. And look, I, I would shovel chook manure before I would do that. I used to shovel chook manure as a job. It was a great preparation for pastoring. Some of you would say, I'm still shoveling some sort of manure. But anyway, uh, I, I, used to, I used to do that. Okay, I'm getting to you. You're distracting me, Teresa. You're distracting me. I, I, like, I can't think of anything worse. But for her, she, she talked to me and she said, I go in and I pray in the rooms and some of them are in comas. And I, it's like it just works for me. I'm like, That's, there's a grace on you. And wherever God calls you to a sphere of influence, He will match a grace on your life for that sphere of influence. Some of you work in childcare. There's another one. I'd rather shovel pig manure. I did that for a season as well. Great preparation for pastoring, can I just tell you? Great preparation. Some of you are like, you're still shoveling. Anyway, just, okay, keep going. And some of you are like, yeah, no, I love. Lock me up with, with 15, three-year-olds for a whole day. It's the best thing in the world, right? Who's not if that's you? Okay, okay, not a lot of us in this place tonight. Okay, some of you, they're all out in Christ right now. That's what's going on, okay? That's what's happening. But you're like, that, that's, and it's your gift and it comes naturally. So here's the thing. If you want to have influence for God in the kingdom, work out what your, your gift is and become excellent at it. Just practice it. Get good at it. Don't, don't, because his lazy Christians just go, oh, well, it's just up to God to promote me. It's not just up to God to promote us. It's up to us to work hard, to work hard, to get good at what God's called us to do and give ourselves to it and not, not let the Christian tag be an excuse for second class quality. But the Christian tag should be the, the best there is, the best in that area, the best in that, in that industry. And that's, that's what happened to David. He was excellent and he stood before Saul and he became a problem solver. What I want us to understand, is, firstly here, is it's the Lord that promotes. God took David because he was faithful looking after his father's sheep 
and he solved problems for his father and he fought battles for his father. God took David and he put him in the palace to prepare him for his future. And sometimes people can go, why is this person being promoted? Why is God taking this person in this workplace and giving them promotion? Why in the church is that person being, what's, what's going on? What we've always got to understand, the Bible tells us it's the Lord that promotes people. It's not, it's not us that promotes, it's God who promotes people. And you'll find uh, in the, com- the component of that, uh, that what, what happened in that setting is God just plucked him and he, he, he put him over into this particular zone because he's like, okay, I'm going to prepare him for a future. He's got to learn to live in a palace. Okay, I want to go to the next verse right now. 1 Samuel 17, 17 and 18. said, Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers in the camp uh, and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousands and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Okay, fast forward. So David's been working in the, in, um, the palace for Saul, playing his harp. Saul liked him so much he became an armor bearer. An armor bearer is someone who would go into battle carry the shield and the weapon of the person who was a higher ranking person in the army and they would carry so essentially an armor bearer is saying your life's more important than my life I'm going to carry your shield for you I'm going to carry your weapons for you and it's my job to make sure that you are completely protected that's David's role for King Saul and again it's the same thing God, God never calls us to walk over the top of somebody else in terms of kingdom success it's never walking over the top of somebody else it's always by protecting someone else the leader that God's put in your life you're called to look out for and to be an armor bearer for, for, for because God won't promote you in terms of the influence he wants you to have until you can learn to look after the leaders that you, he's given you by the by not tonight's main point uh, but here we go so, th- th- so he's, he's being an armor bearer, he's in the palace, and then he goes back to Bethlehem. So the palace is Jerusalem, Bethlehem's not that far away. We did some traveling when we went to Israel between uh, Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Bethlehem's a Palestinian country, so our Jewish guide couldn't take us in there. So what happened, it was kind of a little bit, a little bit like NCIS kind of moments or uh, a war zone vibe, but we literally, we, dry, we got in the car with our Jewish um, guide. He took us to neutral territory. We were in a van. Another van turned up with two guys, and, and there's security guys there. Uh, a Palestinian Christian turns up. There are, they're carrying their AK-47s and their guns. It's a tinted, it's a tinted um, van so that no one can look in, and we jump out of the Jewish car and we're about to go into Palestinian uh, territory where people are killed to go to see where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It's a very cool moment. It wasn't that far away. We asked and said, can we go to Hebron? Because that's in Palestinian territory. That's also spiritually connected. They said, yes, but we have to take you in a bomb-proof car. We're like, okay, no worries about Hebron. We'll just do, we'll just do uh, Bethlehem today, all right? So Bethlehem's where David's from. He, he looks after the sheep there. But then uh, this is in being an armor bearer for Saul in Jerusalem. And he's going between the two. And then the battle with the Philistines breaks out over in the, ba- in the valley of Elah. And David and the whole army has Goliath out in front of them, taunting them. And so he's, he's saying, bring me someone to fight me. And if I win, then you all serve us. But if you win, then we'll all serve you. And he's cursing all God's people. And they're all freaked out and they're frozen with fear about, about the, this, this intimidating Goliath. 
The devil always will try and stop you fulfilling your destiny by intimidating you and making you feel like you don't have what it takes. And here's the great thing. David, because of his history with lions and bears, he walks into the intersection of his next moment of destiny. Because it's at the moment in the Valley of Elah where David's going to fight Goliath. He doesn't know this yet. He's going to fight Goliath, hit him with a slingshot, cut his head off, and going to come into national prominence and significance in the terms of Israel in the step towards what he's always been called to do and the anointing that's on his life. But here's the thing. I, I love this. David has no idea that it's about to happen. And the way that he steps into his destiny is by taking some cheese to his brothers. The way, the way God, and this is how over and over in the Bible you watch this pattern. God takes someone and he look and he says, I'm looking for servant-hearted people. I'm looking for agendaless people. I'm looking for people who aren't out after their own ministry or their own success or their own selfish ambition. I'm looking for people who's, who are primarily wanting to serve me. And so David's now, this is classic, he's serving Saul as his armor bearer. He's gone back and he's serving his father as, as a sheep herder. Now he's serving his father and taking cheese to his brothers and his brother's commanders. And on the way, with no idea what he knows, there's a battle going on. He doesn't know. No, at the other end of the delivery of the coffee and, and chocolate cake that's being delivered, he doesn't know at the other end of his serving roster, at the, he doesn't realize that he's, he's about to step into his destiny. He just thinks he's going the extra mile because the extra mile is the mile that always takes you to your destiny. It's the serving of others, whether it be in your workplace or in the house of God. It's the serving of others without an agenda, without any idea. Let's, let's look at another story. Okay, I, I, Abraham sends his, his servant to find a wife for his daughter, for his son Isaac. Scary moment for Isaac trusting moment to send go over to the relatives i want you to find god's anointed girl to be part of the the lineage of abraham isaac and jacob to be to be part of the, to, to marry my son isaac go to the go to the relatives he rocks up and he says god i want you to find me a girl uh, for the uh, for my master's wife i want you to shine on me and i'm going to ask you something pretty amazing i'm going to rock up and if she offers to serve me water from the well and then to feed my camels and he's got 10 camels. If she offers to feed my 10 camels, and a camel can drink 200 liters in three minutes. If it's thirsty, it can drink 1,000 liters in 15 minutes. He's got 10 camels. And he rocks up after a thirsty long trip in the desert to this girl. Her name is Rebecca. He rocks up to her and he, and, and he looks at her and she says, hi. And he says, hi. She says, what can I do for you? He says, can I have a drink? She says, sure, I'll get you a drink. And unbeknown to her, at the other end of her extra mile is her destiny. Unbeknownst to her, this is what she says. She looks at his 10 camels, probably does the maths really quickly in her head. If they're thirsty, that could well be 10,000 liters 
Okay, uh, and so and she she which is walking down a well with a pitchers of water to come back and bring it up and to put it into a trough. She doesn't realize, but in that moment, why? Because she's a servant by nature. There's nothing written on this guy's head that says, "Water my camels, and you can marry the rich master's son." There's no warning that your destiny and your future is about to be unlocked by this selfless act of serving somebody else. Can I tell you, there's never any warning because God looks up and he's going, I need a servant. I need a God worshiper. I need someone who knows how to go the extra mile to be inconvenienced time and time again. That's why I know when we prayed for Jackson earlier, I know that God's going to use him because I've watched him year after year after year go the extra mile, the extra mile. He gets here at six, at, like, at seven in the morning, catches buses for years when he wasn't able to drive a car, would get here early and just to develop a heart of serving and serving and serving without recognition and without honor. But you'll find that there's a cross, there's an intersection between your serving and your destiny and God promoting you and opening doors. That's how it works. Now, what I love about this is David is, uh, and I'm, do- I'm doing so good. Uh, what, what I love about this is that, that David is going to serve his brothers, but he's also serving Saul. So his brothers is the church family. Because God never says serve people out there or serve people in here. He actually says serve both. You've got the capacity to do both. This is part of your destiny as a Christian is to, is to find out not just the talents that God's given us, but the spiritual gifts that God's given us. And so when he's, ta- when he's going to serve his brothers, th- this is part of the deal. There are gifts that God's given you and I in our, in our becoming born again that are unique to you, that no one else got. When you got born again, God placed inside of you leadership. The moment you got born again, might have been on your life before as a gift, might not have been. But the spiritual gift of leadership was placed inside your life. So here's the deal. How am I going to learn to use it? Well, first of all, I've got to find out what that gift is, which seamlessly leads to a promotion for Next Step Session 3, which will be tonight straight after the service, right? Straight after the service, five minutes afterwards with Mr. Michael Ford. Is this correct? The new Dream Team, 6 p.m. coordinator. Stand up, Michael, so everyone can see you. So you can go upstairs. I think we're even going to feed them free pizza. Probably some servant-hearted person walking into their destiny is going to bring the extra mile of pizzas up the stairs. And at the top of the stairs will be this gorgeous guy or girl, depending who's bringing them. And that could well be the divine moment of spark. Who's bringing the pizza? Who's bringing the pizza? Joy. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Booyah. I just felt, I just felt the number of ladies doing Next Step Session 3 tonight just climb through the roof. Who felt that? I felt that tonight. Oh, that's awesome. Don't do it just because of that, girls, okay? Because then you'll feel like you're being boxed into a corner. I'm half joking. Anyway. All right, where was I? Okay, got it. Okay, you, this is how you find your destiny. You serve others. You, you just, you lay your life down for serving God's people while at the same time you might be working for a soul. Someone who's not particularly godly, who doesn't particularly like all your effort, who might actually every now and then try and pierce you with a javelin, throw accusations at you that aren't, that aren't fair because God's testing you and preparing your heart for your future. 
But part of the preparation for God's call for you to be a king and a giant slayer is the ability to serve your brothers, while at the same time the ability to serve the people God's placed you around right now, wherever that is, all right? Right across the place. I'm going to finish with this last thought. So servanthood connects you with your destiny. Here's the last thing that, that, I, that I like. Oh, I'm going to have to save it. I'm going to have to save it. We better get the band up here right now. Just, there's more. There's more, but... Oh, look, you're talking me into it. You're talking... Can, can you give me five more minutes? What do you think? All right, all right. That's more than 50%. I'm going with it. The last thing here then is giant slayers see the bigger picture. I just love this. David walks in. His older brother, 1 Samuel 17, 28, 29. Now Eliab, his older brother, heard what it spoke to the men. And this is David saying, why aren't you guys taking on Goliath? You can do this. Why aren't you taking him on? This, this, he's easy for us. David's got a spirit of faith on him. We can defeat this thing. We can make this happen. And his older brother's annoyed at him because he's got a spirit of faith on him. And he mistakes his, his spirit of faith as selfish ambition, but it's not. And he goes on, he says, Why'd you come down here? Why have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride, the insolence of your heart. His older brother's jealous that he's already been anointed by Samuel to become the future king. So his jealousy is stirred up. Never be the older brother. Never be, the, never be the one who's... And I'm not talking about if you're the older brother, then you can't change it, obviously. But never, never, be, the, never be the one who's like, oh, he, he, the prodigal son, older brother, he ran off. And now he came back and you're rewarding him for all his rebellion? No, no, no. The grace of God is not something you earn. Never be the one who says he's not good enough, he's not holy enough. Never be the one who sees somebody else being promoted by God and anointed by a prophet and getting the prophecy after prophecy when, the, when, when they're speaking over someone. Whenever God is going to uh, send someone into a new season of their life, don't worry whether or not you're going to hear or not. He'll, you'll hear. If God's got something significant for you to step into, he will, it, will be, you, it will be almost like you've got to block your ears. It'll come so often and so clearly. So the key is... Don't move outside of the place you are thinking I'm going to find a way for my own promotion. Stay exactly where you are because if, you're, if God's calling you to shift, He'll make it so clear. Everybody who breathes will prophesy over you. Every, you'll, you'll get text of word after word and it'll be... It'll be don't, ever, don't ever believe this, oh God just whispers. I'd say about 10% of the time God whispers. But if it's a major decision for a, for a re-shift of your life, he shouts. Clear as a bell, he shouts. So don't get ahead of God. Wait. He'll promote you in his time. He'll, he, if he's going to relocate you into something, he'll do that very clearly. But this is, we're going on, okay? So don't be the older brother. Wasn't my point. I'm getting distracted again. So don't be the older brother. Celebrate the people that God's raising up in their season. Your season's coming. If someone seems to be stepping into blessing, just say this, I love it for them and my season's coming. Not I'm insecure or jealous about them and when, when is my, I love it for them, but my season's coming. And then it goes on and David makes this statement, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? 
Is there not a cause? Can I tell you that the greatest cause on planet earth is the building of the church that will glorify Jesus, where disciples will be made, where lives will be transformed. That is the greatest cause. And then out of that church, we take the presence and power of God to be salt and light into every sphere, every area of our community. But, but I believe part of what God's looking for is a generation of people who in their hearts say, there is a cause that I'm going to sell out for. I'm going to slay every Goliath. I'm going to come against everything that will stop us. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to give my life. And this is, this is my final point. Okay, my final point. And it's this. David had an army of giant slayers years later, and it said this about them, that they could slay, uh, they, that they could shoot with the left hand and the right hand. They were ambidextrous or amphibious, if you can't quite work out. No, no, they were ambidextrous. They were able to, and this is what I think, so often people are like, oh, I, my, my primary call is to be a, a pastor in the church or... My primary call is to be in the secular world. That doesn't think that that is not how God thinks. It's all it's always both. You've got a calling in the house and you've got a calling outside the house. You've got, giant slayers know how to fire with the left hand and they know how to fire with the right hand. They know how to prosper in their business and they know how to be successful in the house of God. They know how to dominate in their school and they know how to be successful here. They don't have this, they don't have these little lines that go, oh, that's the boundary of all I can do. They're like, no, I actually can do that and I can do that. I can kill that and I can kill that. I can dominate here and I can dominate there. I can serve in this sphere and I can serve in that sphere. And as I do that, God will take me into my future. Oh, Mr. Mr. Billingham and Mrs. Billingham, I reckon that's a word from God for you guys. I see you both being able to fight with the, the right hand and the left hand. It's not one or the other, it's both. There is an assignment from heaven upon you, and I see a significance coming on your life for the, a new era in this church. I, I feel like there's a, been a stirring going on inside of your heart. It's not just about your kids rising up to fulfill their destiny. It's about you guys rising up to fulfill your destiny. That's why God keeps coming and talking to you and prophesying over you and stirring you. That's why the enemy comes in from the side to try and unsettle you because there's a new era and it's not one or the other. It's both and it's for both of you. Can you stand? Can you come out? And I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to close with this. Come on, church, stand up together right now. Come on, come on out here, Dan and, and Zoe. I'm going to pray for you right now. I told you it's like vision month right now. You're being undone, Mr. Billingham, because God's all over you for a new season. Lift your hands to God. You're being undone, Zoe, because God's doing something. Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. The former things have come to pass. What I've done previously has been wonderful and fantastic, but it's come to pass. And behold, I come to do a new thing. And a new thing calls you to step out of the boat. It calls you to step out of your comfort zone. It calls you to step into a new zone. And I'm calling you to new things, says the Spirit of God. I'm going to show you exactly. Don't be worried about what it is. Will I miss it? Will I miss it? Will it be this or that? I'm going to show you what it is. There's an assignment on your life, both for this house and for out there. 
here. It's in this house and it's out there. It's not one or the other. You've been often thought and been confused and wondered, why do I feel this sense of call to the house of God, but then I call this sense to the community? Well, it's because God's put something on you for both. So right now, Father, I pray for a launching, a releasing by the power of the Holy Spirit. Touch Him now. Release, release, release. Power, power. Break off every mindset that would rob Him of your destiny. Break off everything that would hold Him back. Loose Him into a new day by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, right now, oh, for Zoe, let heaven, oh, let heaven fall upon her. You're going to soar like an eagle as you wait on the Lord. You will renew your strength. You will see. You will see with clarity a new day ahead. There will be moments where it's a glimpse, but there's other moments where God is going to place it inside of your heart. And together, it's not one of you, it's both of you. You will step into a new season. Hold hands together. Just hold hands right there. Hold hands. Father, right now, release. Oh, I pray for the peace of heaven. The peace of heaven. The power of God. The power of God, even now. Oh, perfectly. You, you guys are perfectly complementary in the giftings of God that He's placed inside of you. Perfectly complementary. Oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Zoe, I see you're dreaming, literal, literal dreams. God's going to speak to you in your dreams. He probably already has been about this new season. Dan, as you're praying, I see, I see God just giving you flashes, just a picture of this, picture of that. One of them's in a suit. I see you in a suit and I see you carrying cash. That's business. That's on you. Spirit of God, power of God, all over you, all over you, all over you, Holy Ghost. Kings will be among your descendants, giant slayers. Left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand. You know what tonight, church, if you're feeling like God's speaking to me about, about this whole thing, about being able to fulfill the destiny both in the house and outside of the house, I want you just to raise your hands right now, saying, yeah, I, I'm something stirring inside of me for, for me to fulfill the left-handed and the right-handed call. Father, right now, right through this house, I th- you see these hands. God, you see people who have a, this sense of call. And I'm asking by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we enter into a new era, I'm asking Holy Spirit that you would give vision and clarity and anointing. God, for the giant slayers to rise up. Lord, the servants who will go the extra mile. Father, those who will serve and serve and serve and then destiny will be unlocked. Bless this people. Bless this church, I pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Give the Lord a great clap. God bless you. You can grab your seat. As you grab your seat, Pastor Josh is going to come up and do the altar call for us right now. Thank you, guys. God bless you so much.